just want to acknowledge you in this place. Everything is useless, worthless without you, Lord. I just want to tell you, Lord, that you are all I need. I want you to be all I want. I want all my expectations to be found in you, Lord. Lord, I pray you'd help us this morning to see you, to know you, Lord, the way you're wanting us to see you and know you, Lord. God, I pray you would remove any hindrances to you doing what you're wanting to do through us. You are the prize, Lord, nothing else. You are the pearl of great, precious price. You are the one worth forsaking my life in this world for. You are the one worth suffering for and with. It's you, Lord. And I just want to proclaim this morning, it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about Your kingdom. It's all about Your plan. Lord, and we just surrender and yield ourselves to You this morning. And I pray, Holy Spirit, get through to our hearts. Open up our understanding. Reveal truth to us. Help us to hear Your voice above every other voice, especially our own. And the devil with his lies. It's your voice that rules and reigns, Lord. It's your voice that spoke everything into existence, Lord. And it's that same voice and power that sustains all things, Lord. And we just thank you today that you are enthroned in heaven. Jesus, You are at the right hand of God at this very moment. You are in the place of ultimate authority. Nothing happens without Your say-so. Everything is subservient to You, Lord. Even the demons and Satan himself. So Lord, we come humbly to You today. We're just unprofitable servants, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that You will teach us what it means to give ourselves to You, Lord. Holy. Everything we are, Lord. So that the life You died and rose again so that we can have, Lord, would live in all of its fullness in us and through us, especially in this hour, Lord. You've called us. You've set us apart for that very purpose, Lord. You are desiring a people, Lord. You are looking. Your eyes run throughout the whole earth looking. Where is the man that will stand in the gap? Where is the man that I can fully take hold of? That I can intercede through? That can be my hands and my feet and my mouth and my eyes? 
Lord, let it be us today, Lord. Let it be us, Lord. Let it be me, Lord. Take me, God. You purchased me. I'm not my own anymore, Lord. Help me to surrender what is rightfully Yours. Help us all, Lord. And I trust, Lord, in Your ability to help us to do that. Because it's by Your power, it's by Your Spirit, we're even able to do it, Lord. But I thank You. You've given us Your Spirit. Help us to lay hold of Your promises today, Lord. So God, speak to us, I pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. almost feel like the Holy Spirit wants to speak into the darkness and the lies that so many of God's people still choose to dwell in and listen to. God wants to speak to you today. And I want to proclaim as we go into this new year, that this is the acceptable year of the Lord. And you'll see what I mean in a minute. And I want that to be in the forefront of our minds as we go into the new year. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. And I'm going to share just the mission, what God laid on our hearts seven years ago. Uh, just to remind us, but really, you understand it's God's heart. It's God's vision. It's what God wants to do. And so I'm going to read one mission statement verse for this work. It's found in Matthew 9, verse 36. And it's talking about Jesus, the Son of God, who was on the earth, in the flesh, in a body that was prepared for one purpose. To do the will of the Father. And God in the flesh looked through human eyes and He saw, it says, the multitudes. He saw them. And He was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary, they were scattered like sheep having no shepherds. They were vulnerable. They were lost. They had no protection. They were open prey for any enemy that could tear them to pieces in any moment. And as He saw, He turned to His disciples, His followers, and His prayer, His heart, was that they would see. Because He said to them, he said to his disciples, Truly the harvest is plenty. Do you see? Do you see what I see? Do you see the multitudes? Do you see the lame? Do you see the blind? Do you see the sheep without a shepherd? Do you see the hurting? Do you see the captives? Do you see them? The harvest is ripe. But the laborers are few. Where are they? Pray. Pray for the laborers. That's why we pray here. 
Pray for the laborers. Intercede. Join in with me in my laboring. As he prays and continues to pray and intercedes. Pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. What does Jesus see when he looks at the new year? Is it a happy new year for him? When today alone 3,000 babies will be murdered? Is it a happy day for him as he looks at that? And 3,000 tomorrow? And this year, possibly 50 million? He sees 5 million children that are in slavery right now. Many sold into the sex trade. He sees them. He sees 40 million slaves in the whole world today. He sees 9 million people that will die this year because of hunger-related issues. He sees 150 million orphans around the world. He sees them. He sees 400,000 unwanted children in the U.S. foster care system. Meanwhile, there's 400,000 churches in America. We just need one in each church. In India alone, there's 40 million widows. Jesus said true and undefiled religion is this, to visit widows and orphans. There's about half a million homeless people just in the United States. There's believers in hostile countries being tortured because they refuse to deny Christ today. Many will die this year. There's people with special needs. There's wounded veterans. There's people with disabilities around the world that are treated like they're cursed. This is the one that really got me. Every 40 seconds, someone looks at the world and is so hopeless, takes their life. Just think about that for 40 seconds. 150,000 people die every day and face the Holy God. And their eternal fate is sealed. Jesus saw, he still sees. And he wants us to see. And he wants us to be moved with the same compassion that he was moved with. And you understand, it's his eyes. It's his compassion. We don't see. But he sees. And he lives in us. If we are his, he is inside of us. His Holy Spirit, God himself, dwells in us. And he wants to see through us. He wants to move us with His compassion. And when Rose and I stepped out seven years ago in this work, He allowed me to see. And I just got a little glimpse of the need. I just saw some 
of the need just in this area. And the burden grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. And the Lord was saying, will you go? Will you step out? Will you trust me? There's a need and I want to meet it. And I need people that will let me work through them. I'm looking for vessels that will just simply let me work through them. Because I see. Do you see? And it hurts to see. It's painful when you see. But there's also hope because you see. Because you know what He's done for you. And you know what He can do for them. So it's not a despairing seeing. It's painful, but it's not hopeless. I saw church people wandering, disillusioned, hurt, led astray, distracted, undiscipled. I saw sheep still to be included in God's fold. True sheep. I saw the poor. I saw the brokenhearted. I saw the captives. I saw the blind. I saw the oppressed. And then he gave me this other verse. to help remind us why we do what we do. And it was Luke 4.18. And it was Jesus. After His baptism, after the Spirit of God had come upon Him and anointed Him and empowered Him for His mission, He stood up in the synagogue and He read these words, The Spirit of the Lord is upon Me. Because He has anointed me to preach the Gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the illusion there is the year of Jubilee. The year when people are released from debt that they could never pay. They got mercy even though they didn't deserve it. And that's what Jesus came to give us. To release us from the debt we could never pay. He came. And we're to go in that same anointing. And in that same power of the Holy Spirit to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So as I look at this coming year and what God did here and is doing here, what He started seven years ago, what He confirmed over and over and over again, even up to last August, it's the same thing. It hasn't changed. It's still God's heart. He still sees. He still has compassion. He still moves with the same mission. And for me, this is the acceptable year for us, His church, for me as an individual to walk in that same anointing. Because we are His anointed ones. We are His bride. We are now His representatives. We are the ones now to go. 
in that same anointing. The acceptable year. Again, it's a picture of the whole mission of why God came into this earth. So we're here this morning not forsaking the assembling of ourselves for this reason. To stir up love, especially among the household of faith. Because that's part of how God displays to the world that He is real, that He has come. By our love for one another, by a divine Holy Spirit-enabled bond, oneness, where God knits people who in the natural are not one, who are opposites, who because of pride and because of our fallen nature cannot be one. Yet because of what He did and because of what we have received from what He did and the gift of the Holy Spirit, we can have the same oneness that Jesus and the Father enjoyed. He prayed it for us. That they would be one, just as we as one, that the world may know. It's not impossible. Jesus prayed for it. He provided for it. We just have to let Him do it. We have to just surrender to it. We have to die so He can live in us and through it. That's the only way it happens. It's, we're not going to get all agree on the same. It's not going to happen that way. It's going to be Christ Himself working in us and through us, knitting us together in one Spirit, His Spirit. So we're here this morning to stir up one another in that love but also to good works. So let's continue to love. And that's what I want to do today. I want to lovingly challenge you and one another to greater depths of compassion and sacrifice for the sake of Christ. Because that's what He's calling us to. This year, for me, my cry is, Lord, more of me, more of me. No, more of you, sorry. Less of me. See, it's just natural. It just comes out. It's amazing. More of him, less of me. More of him, less of me. You know, when you start to pray like that, he starts showing you some nasty stuff that, that you thought were good, that you thought were for him. Ambition, and all kinds of things that really were about you. And you have to die. And you've got to lay it down. Because it's about Him. You know, you guys need to know, He deals with me more than you guys when I prepare for these messages. I just want you to know that. Um, but I'm thankful for it. I'm very thankful. God gave us a promise in the Ezekiel passage that he gave this body in August. And really, he was just reminding us what he's already done. That's all that is and was. You understand that, right? 
not some extra biblical weird thing. It's the gospel. It's what God has done and promised to do in and through his church and those that respond to the gospel. So the verses we really majored on was Ezekiel 36:25 where he says, "I will. I will." That's why Jesus came. "I will." Sprinkle clean water on your own. You shall be clean. Nothing but the blood of Christ can do that. You shall be clean. I will cleanse you. Not I might cleanse you. I will cleanse you. From all your filthiness. From all of your idols. Is God a liar? No. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. And you shall be my people and I will be your God. Is God a liar? Then why do you doubt Him? Why do I doubt Him? Why do I look at that and say, when, God, when? When He's saying, now. It's already done. You need to just lay hold of it. You need to just start believing me. Quit looking at yourself and get your eyes on me. And just start thanking me for what I've already done for you. Because He's already done this for us. Those of us who have truly embraced the message of the cross. You understand that. Those of us that have truly repented and forsaken our lives in this world and have chosen to follow Him. It's a guarantee. It's a promise. That's why Jesus came. The Spirit of the Lord was upon Him. He was anointed for that purpose. And we've already received His mercy and compassion. It would do us good to take a few hours and just thank Him for the mercy He's had on us. For saving us from utter destruction. For giving us grace when we absolutely did not deserve it. For going to the cross when we were enemies. We should take a few hours and just thank Him for that. And just fall at His feet and say, God, thank You. I didn't deserve it, but Lord, thank You. Thank You. And meditate on it over and over and over and over again. What He has done for me. Because now He is sending us to proclaim that to others. But how can we if it's not real to us? If we don't understand fully. We have some understanding of it, but we really need to get a sight of it. 
and simply just start to thank God what He has done and what He has promised and to lay hold of it and to give ourselves wholly over to Him. Because He wants to send us. He wants, He's looking for people, for vessels that He can fill, that, that can boldly proclaim. It's the accessible year of the Lord that can see with His eyes, that can touch people with the same hands that open blind eyes. He wants you. He wants me for that purpose. He saw. He was moved. But He wants you to see. He wants me to see. He wants us to move in that same anointing, in that same power. In Matthew 9.37, when Jesus said, the harvest is truly plenty, again, He was saying to His disciples, do you see? I read an article, I couldn't find it, last night um, through Olive Tree Ministries. And it was kind of along the same lines of what I read to you in the beginning, but it was just headlines from all over the world. And she basically says in the beginning, who would imagine we would see these kind of headlines even 10 years ago? And you, you read the headlines and all you could see is how dark and lost and perverted and how we truly have become Sodom and Gomorrah. How things that are so evil have become normal, normal headlines now that we would have never thought 10 years ago. How much more is the harvest ripe? How much more... Is God looking for people to pull souls out of that darkness? Because His mission for the church hasn't changed. Until He comes back for us, that's our mission. That's why we're here. We are His laborers in His field. And that's why we pray. That's why we suffer with Him. That's why we participate with Him in rescuing souls. In verse 37 in that passage, Ezekiel 36, it says, Thus says the Lord God, I also will let the house of Israel inquire of Me to do this for them. So God wants you to look to Him. He wants you to inquire. He wants you to believe. He wants you to stand on what He promised and lay hold of it. He wants you to inquire of Him. And He goes on and He says, I will increase their men like a flock. Like a flock offered as holy sacrifice. So He's gathering people. He's gathering souls just like a flock. A flock. And with the same picture in the mind as the, the animals that were brought to Jerusalem to be given as a sacrifice. That's us. He's gathering us. We're His flock. But it's for a sacrifice. Just like the flock at Jerusalem on its feast days so shall the ruined cities be filled with flocks of men. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. 
when they're all dedicated to God as a holy flock, then they'll know. When they're all presented to Him like a living sacrifice, wholly devoted, that's what He's looking for. That's what He's gathering to Himself. Right now, in this hour, that's the call that's coming out. He's gathering a flock that will give themselves as a whole burnt offering. Because they've encountered Him. Because they understand the mercy that's been done to Him. And it's their reasonable service. Just as Jesus was anointed and set apart after His baptism, we too, through baptism, through identifying with Him that when I gave my life to Him, I died. My life, as I went into that water, is a picture of my old man has been crucified with Christ. And when I come out of that water, I am a new creation. I am His now, bought with a price. And just like Jesus or John saw that Spirit, the heavens opened. And it says after his baptism, he prayed. What did he pray? I think we get a picture of it from Hebrews 10. I think he said, Lord, here I am, Father, to do your will. You prepare a body for me. Here I am. And the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit came upon him. Anointed him, empowered him. That's when his work started. And right after that was when he walked into that synagogue and read those verses. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And it's no different for us. When we enter into his death and we are resurrected in newness of life, that same anointing, the same Holy Spirit that came on Jesus will come upon us if we believe him for it. I don't know about you, but I want to walk in an open heaven. I want to walk like Jesus walked on this earth with unbroken fellowship. I want to see and do and say what the Father sees and does and says. That's what it means to walk in His anointing. That's what it means to be a surrendered vessel. That's what it means to be full of the Holy Spirit under His control. Anointed, set apart. And Jesus shows us that pattern when he was baptized. It's simple. You offer your body as a living sacrifice. You identify with him in his death. And God sanctifies us. He cleanses us. He sets us apart for his use when we give ourselves in that same selfless act of surrender to Him. And this is the promise Jesus says to us in John 14, verse 12. This got in me this morning. This, this has to get in you. We have to start seeing the Holy Spirit right. It's not a thing. It's not an it. It's not some power. It's God living in you, in me. The same God that uh, someone read about in Genesis today that spoke the world into existence. The same God 
that upholds all things by the power of His Word. The same God who raises people from the dead comes to live inside of us. We really have to get a hold of that. I I was walking around this morning. Jesus, You are inside of me. You live in this vessel. God, I, I just... Take me. Just work through me, Lord. Just let me be a channel for you. A a wire that your electricity can run through. Don't let me hinder you today, Lord. I yield myself to you, Lord. I'm not my own. I'm yours. This body now is prepared for you. It's, It's for your use. Do whatever you want to do with it. That's what he's looking for. And this is his promise. John 14, 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do. Does it mean I'll do greater miracles than Jesus? No, it means there'll be more. There'll be multiplication. And this is what God made real to me. Why? Jesus, God, was in one body when he was on the earth. Now he's in a lot of bodies. The same Holy Spirit is in His people. And they're everywhere. And God wants to work through them in the same way. Do the same works. Be moved with the same compassion. Work the same miracles. Love as He loved. Greater works than he, these will He do. Why? Because I go to the Father. Because I'm going to send you my Spirit. I'm going to multiply through you what I did while I was here on the earth. That's awesome. You need to really, really meditate on that and lay hold of it for yourself. God is in me. God is in me. I don't have love. God does. I don't have God has compassion. Just let it come out of you. Just yield to it. I don't know what to say. He knows what to say. Let Him speak through you. Because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. You understand, it's whatever that will honor Him. It's whatever will exalt Him. Whatever will glorify Him. You ask and it's done. That's not, you can't name and claim it first. It's for His honor. It's for His glory. Whatever you ask in His name, He'll do it. You just got to believe Him. That I will do. He doesn't say, that I might do. That I will do. He really wants us to stop believing Him that way. That's what faith does. I don't care what you feel like. I don't care what you were like yesterday. I don't care what your testimony was a year ago. Just when you see the apostles in heaven, ask them what it was like right after Jesus rose. Because they all failed. If they all looked back, if they all looked at themselves, they wouldn't have believed God for anything. But Jesus helped them. 
And he got them to the place where they realized, okay, we need him. We can't do what he's called us to do. We need him. So we're going to go. We're going to do what he said because he promised something. And we're going to wait until we get it. We're going to lay hold of God. We're going to ask. We're going to seek. We're going to knock until he opens the door. We're not going to do one thing until he gives us what we need. We should be like that every moment. And I'm going to read something soon that God really, really convicted me over last night. I'm going to read it in a little bit here. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it because it's all for his name's sake and his honor. John 17, Jesus prayed for us because he said, I don't ask for these only, speaking of his disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they all may be one, just as, Father, you are in me. You are in me. And I in you. That's why Jesus can say, when you see me, you see the Father. What I hear the Father say, that's what I say. What I see the Father do, that's what I do. The Father was in him, Jesus was in the Father. They're one. Well, the Holy Spirit is a person. And the Holy Spirit, God, is in you. And that's what makes you one with Him when you yield to Him. That's how God has made it possible. But you have to yield to Him. You have to give Him control of everything you are. Your mind, your thoughts, your will. Everything has to be yielded to Him. That's how a marriage works, by the way. That's how God makes a marriage one. And a marriage is a great tool for God to show you where you're not surrendered. And if you're going to become one, if you're going to learn how to love as He loved, you have to die. He has to take control of you. There's no other way for a marriage to become one. Because it's His Holy Spirit that makes you one. Just as that they all may be one, just as you, Father, and me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. I'm just telling you, the world looks at the church and they're not very impressed because they don't see unity. They don't see true love a lot of the time. It's rare because it's work. You've got to die. You have to be a true disciple of Christ. You have to understand what you've been forgiven to love in that way. There's no other way. There really isn't. Um, so the world may believe that you sent me and the glory, the glory, the indwelling spirit, the power to do His will, the power to glorify Him, that you've given me, I'm going to give it to them. That they may be one, even as we are one. I in them. You in me. That they may become perfectly one. 
so that the world may know that you sent me and love them just as you love me. That's what he's after. That's what he's after. When that happens, then we can say, then we can say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. <laughs> he's upon us. Because we were baptized in his death. We, we, we've chosen to die. We've given up our lives on the altar. And now he's ruling and reigning. And daily, that is our choice. So the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. And he's anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor. He's sent us to heal the brokenhearted. He's sending us to proclaim liberty to the captives. He's sending us to, to give recovery of sight to the blind. Again, can I open blind eyes? Absolutely not. But Jesus can, and he's in me. I can't. But he can, whether it's spiritually or physical, he can do it, and he's in you. Do you believe that? He said you do greater works than these. It really does include everything he did. It really does. But I want to emphasize mostly his love and compassion, because without that, everything else is nothing. That's the greatest manifestation of the Holy Spirit in someone's life. The fruits of the Spirit. Love. Compassion. All the other things are byproducts. They just come forth. Because you're one with Him. You're abiding with Him. And His life is flowing through you. And there's fruit. And it's real. He's called us people this year, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So, every day this year, I want you to wake up in the morning and say, this is the day for me to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And how's that going to happen? Well, Jesus saw the multitudes and He was moved with compassion. So you're going to have to ask God to help you to see. You're going to have to pray and say, God, help me to see what you see. Give me a, a vision to see. It might be just a burden he lays on you. I know for me, I'll see a person or read a, a story, and then I start seeing it multiplies, and you get overwhelmed. And unless God takes a hold of you, you almost want to die in despair. But yet somehow He lays a hold of you and you know there's hope and then you just want to get in there with Him and rescue as many as you can. Let Him use you. And you're willing to die for it. It's, you understand it's Him. It's His heart. That's what His compassion does. That's what drove Him to the cross for you. So Jesus saw and he was moved. And guess what? He still sees. He's still moved with compassion. Now before I get to us, um, I read something that Rose posted on Facebook. Because I don't know, there might be someone listening, there might be someone here today. You haven't been released 
from your debt. Maybe you've heard about the acceptable year. Maybe you've heard the gospel, I don't know how many times, but you're still in debt. You still have a debt you can't pay, and there's a reckoning day coming for you. Because in Isaiah, it talks about in that day, there's also vengeance. There's a judgment that comes eventually when we don't really just lay hold of what God did through Jesus Christ. But to do that, we have to acknowledge we have a debt that we can't pay. That we, like all, have gone astray like sheep. And we need to return to the shepherd of our souls. That's why Jesus came. So I'm going to read this to you. This was Spurgeon. Um, and I, I just took some of it. Another year, not saved. Is this your sorry condition? Warned of the judgment to come? Invited to escape for your life? And yet at this moment, not saved? You might want to think about someone you know as well. Those of you that know, Lord, to help you see and be moved with compassion. Another year, and my child isn't saved. Another year, and my spouse. Another year, my parents. Another year, my neighbor is not saved. Do you see? Or maybe this is you. You know the way of salvation. You read it in the Bible. You hear it from the pulpit. It's explained to you by your friends, but you're still neglecting it. And therefore, you're not saved. I read something by Francis John uh, last night. And he was talking about lukewarm. And he was basically saying, you, Christians, how do you have fellowship with a lukewarm Christian? Because a lukewarm, lukewarm Christian really isn't a Christian. So how do you have fellowship? That kind of made me step back a little bit and think about that. How do you have fellowship if you're not fully surrendered? If you're not truly following Christ the way he talks about? How is there unity in that? Because you're not surrendered. You're not wholly submit. How, how does that unity happen? Like I said earlier, it can't. So you're not saved. You will be without excuse when the Lord executes judgment. The Holy Spirit has blessed the word that's been preached to you in your hearing. At times of, and times of refreshing have even come from His divine presence. That was me many years ago. I sat under Dave Wilkerson. I sat under anointed preaching. I had tremendous experiences, and I was not saved. And I knew God was speaking to me, and I was not saved. Yet you are still without Christ. All these hopeful seasons have come and gone. Your summer, your harvest have passed. You are still not saved. Years have followed one another into eternity. And your last year will soon be here. For some listening, for some here, this might be your last year. This might be your last day. Because no one is guaranteed tomorrow. And still you are not saved. Suppose you should die unsaved. No words can picture your doom. Write out your dreadful predicament in tears and blood. Talk of it with groans and gnashing teeth. 
You will be punished with an everlasting destruction and banished from the glory of the Lord and from the glory of His power. Allow my words to startle you into serious thought. Be wise. Be wise in time. And before another year begins, believe in Jesus. Believe in Him. Who is able to save you completely. He did what you'll never be able to do. He paid your penalty. He paid your debt. He releases those in bondage. Consecrate these last hours to lonely thought. He's speaking here as if it's last night, right before 12. And if you are brought to deep repentance, it will be well. And if it leads to a humble faith in Jesus, it will be best of all. See to it, this year does not pass away with you still unforgiven. Do not let the New Year's midnight bell sound upon a joyless spirit. So before I speak to us as a body, as a church, is there anyone here? Is there anyone listening? You're not saved. I knew it when I wasn't saved and I was pretending to be a Christian. I knew deep down in my heart, I don't have the real thing. I'm still... Miserable. I'm still ruling and reigning in my life. I'm still as selfish as ever. I'm still bound by the same things I was bound by. If that's you, you need to respond to God today. Because today, He's proclaiming through His vessel. Today is the acceptable year of the Lord. Today is the day your debt can be taken away. Today is the day the wrath of God can be removed from over your head. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Don't keep hardening your heart to the voice of God. The Bible talks about someone that continues to stiffen their neck and stiffen their neck until they're destroyed. Don't be a fool. Repent. Turn to Him. There's still time. He still sees. He still moves with compassion. He's long-suffering. His promises, we're told, are not slack. And, And it's talking about His judgment. It's talking about that kind of promise. Um, this world that everyone's reveling in last night, it's headed for fire. There's nothing to celebrate it except you and me and people and God and His creation. But as far as the world and the spirit of this world, there's nothing to celebrate. It's being prepared for judgment, for fire. One day it's going to be all burned up. We get a picture of it in Pilgrim's Progress. It's the city of destruction. Come out of her. Come out of her. And come to Jesus. Anyone here today, God is speaking to you. Something you know. That's me. 
I need what Jesus did on the cross. I know I'm a sinner. I need to be forgiven. I want to give my life to Him. I, I want to be cleansed. I want to be washed. I want God to come and dwell inside of me. I want to give my life to Him. If anyone is here this morning that needs salvation, I want you to come down to this altar. Anyone listening online, just get on your knees before God and ask for mercy. Ask God to forgive you. Repent of your sins. And simply receive forgiveness. Let God wash you. He'll cleanse you. If you truly repent, if you truly turn away and you turn your life over to God, He will take your life. He will put His Spirit in you. He will breathe life into you. Anyone listening, the door is open. God is calling you to come to Him this morning. Lord, I pray You'll draw hearts to You, especially those listening, Lord, that might be alone somewhere, sitting, maybe even empty after last night, celebrating, Lord. I remember what that was like. Draw them now, Lord. Draw them. Draw them, Holy Spirit. Convict them of their sins. Bring them, Lord, into a saving relationship with You. Today, I pray in Jesus' name. Thank You, Lord. 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 Thank You, Father. You know, when you come to Jesus, it's between you and Him. Lord, I just pray You'll take my brother's sacrifice as he lays himself on Your altar as the man that came to your temple and can just beat his breast and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Lord, your word to that man was he went home justified. I pray my brother will know that cleansing power, Lord, as he is turning to you this morning, Lord, and anyone else online, Lord. That's all you require, Lord. A heart that would acknowledge I need you, God. Be merciful to me, a sinner. Have mercy on me, son of David. And Lord, you're gracious. You're merciful. You're compassionate, Lord. You made a way, Lord, so that we can be cleansed. And I pray right now, Lord, as you're cleansing, that you would fill, that you would come, that the Holy Spirit would come and fill these vessels. Anyone that is turning to you today, fill them, Lord. Breathe your life into them, Lord. Come and make your abode in them, I pray, O oh God. And make them a new creation. Bring them into that resurrection life today, I pray. In Jesus' name, Lord. And bear witness that they are yours, Lord, from this day and this day forward. Thank you, Lord. Now I turn to you. Well, God turns to you, His followers, this morning. The harvest is plentiful. Do you see?
you see. This coming year really is a year that we should be proclaiming it's the acceptable year of the Lord. We should be believing God for greater works, greater manifestations of His power working through us to bring forth that message in the earth. We've been given a great privilege and honor, I know I have, that we can present our bodies to Him as a living sacrifice so that His Holy Spirit can become His dwelling place here on earth in us. And if you and I have been washed in the blood, this goes for anyone that's um, come to Him this morning, then yours is a holy body now. You've been purchased by Him. You're washed, you're wired and filled, you're you're accepted by God, by His Spirit. So this coming year, I want us to offer ourselves up to Him as His servants, as a living sacrifice. And this is what God dealt with me about last night. We sometimes treat the Holy Spirit as our servant. God, I need you for this. God, help me with that. And he becomes our servant. But we got it turned up all around. Actually, we're his servant. Jesus already washed our feet. He said, now you go and do likewise. He's already served. He's already laid his life down for us. Now he's asking us to lay our lives down. He's saying, will you join me? Will you enter into my suffering? I'm looking for people that are willing to lay their life down for me. Do I mean that much to you? Do I mean enough to you? Do you understand what I did for you? This is the testimony of someone God dealt with on this matter. He said, there in the quiet of the late hour, I said to the Holy Spirit, my Lord, I've mistreated you all of my Christian life. I've treated you like a servant. When I wanted you, I called for you. When I was about to engage in some work, I beckoned you to come and help me to perform my task. I have kept you in the place of servant. I have sought to use you only as a willing servant to help me in my self-appointed and chosen work. I will do this no more. This church is His church. This church isn't about me. It's about Him. And I'm just an unprofitable servant. That's all any of us are. And we're here to glorify Him. We're here to serve Him. So I want to end this morning with a prayer, but also an opportunity to pray with you. Because I know most of you, and you've said yes to Him. And I just want to pray for you this morning. We want to pray with you for that anointing. We want to pray with you that God will take your life in a greater way this year. Because you've said yes to Him, the devil is going to try everything he can to get you to doubt 
that God can't do it or won't do it or it's impossible. And I, I just, we're going to pray for you that God will instill the faith, trust, and believe Him. Okay? So I'm going to pray a prayer because this is the key to it all. Okay? This is the key to it all. It's a beautiful prayer. When, it's the, or I should say, it's the proper response. And it's what we're doing. It's what you're doing. Lord, I give you this body of mine. So just listen to these words. If you want this, just... Lord, I give you this body of mine from my head to my feet. I give it to you. I give you my hands, my limbs, my eyes, my lips, my brain, all that I am, within and without. I hand it over to you for you to live in it the life that you please. It's your body from this moment on. Help yourself to it. And Lord, I thank you. I believe you've accepted me. Because when Jesus gave himself, it pleased the Father. The Father was pleased. He's pleased. He accepts a whole burnt offering. It's acceptable to God. So He accepts you today. For in Romans 12, verse 1, you said, acceptable unto God. Thank you again, my Lord, for taking me. We now belong to each other. And Lord, we're going to let you do your work through us and use us. Just like you would use a pencil or a glove. Lord, use us in this coming year, however you will. Lord, we surrender. We offer ourselves unto you. And Lord, we're going to trust you for the power and for the anointing to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So let's, let's take some time now. Uh, I really sense that we need to take a little time and pray with one another. Because I know some might be struggling, doubting. Uh, maybe things have come into your life, you're questioning. Um, but you've made the choice. You've, you've already decided. That's why you're here in this church. I know that. But you need prayer. You need encouragement today. You, you need others to believe with you. And we need to do that with one another. We need to stir one another up. We need to encourage one another. God really helped me last night, and I want to help you today. And I know these want to help you as well. So I want to up, open up this altar. I don't know, uh, Brian. Uh, Josh, is, is there any uh, music we could play or something? Or Brian, maybe you can uh, uh, play something, and we'll, we'll, get, we'll pray for you. Don't worry, brother. Um, but let's take some time. And I just invite people to come down here, and we want to pray with you, okay? Whatever that is.